He's wounded, George. I'm, I'm wounded. <laughs> are you? What are you? What are you wounded from? Man, you had that intro cranked to the gills. It was filled to the brim in my ear, in my earbuds, man, my earphones. You know, we've been on hiatus until last week, and uh, we were on Zoom, so I haven't messed with my settings in a little bit. I apologize, and. Uh, yeah, we both got an earful of the uh, the, <laughs> the intro song. I don't think you all. It's at already home. obnoxious enough, Steve, not to have it blasted at like seven hundred dB in each ear. But hey, I just you know we didn't get it last time. You know, so I wanted to extra remind you. Make sure you really got it into the crevices of my brain. I appreciate that. Your brain is fully engorged by that song now i assure you of that you know last week you told me you were going to use words more was engorged one of them that you th- you were thinking you were going to use more and you just happened to slip that in no I, I think i just heard it earlier or somebody else said it and i was like oh yeah i need to say that more that happens a lot yeah i was like oh that's a good one i need to work that word in the more I- i'm sorry i've uh sorry i just got distracted by the wolf <laughs> on your shirt that's howling Oh, there's four wolves on your shirt. That's my wolf pack. Wolf pack. Oh, gosh. Well, this is Sideshow Frasier. If you don't know, this is a podcast about Frasier and one other show from the same broadcast week in history. It's hosted by me, Steve Shackelford, and Wolf Pack's own Jordan Wilson over there. This week, our main episode of Frasier is the finale of season one, episode 24, entitled My Coffee with Niles. And the sideshow, Seinfeld. I think this is our third Seinfeld this year. Yeah, we waited a bit, but you know (laughs) we're gonna. It it was the finale of Seinfeld two. I was about to say it's when you so like when you look at the at the listings for the particular week, it's hard to not be swayed by Seinfeld and be swayed. You know, it's like you look at the other ones, you're like. All right, so we got a coach. Well, we've already done a bunch of coaches. We've got. I think we should. We, I mean, does it? I have go back to, through the law. Could we do something that's a rerun, like I Love Lucy? Absolutely not. Why not? We can't do an I Love Lucy episode. You know, season twenty-eight. <laughs> what I tell you, sometimes I do. No, I don't. I mean, and I love those shows, but no. All right. Uh, sometimes I do consider doing the movie of the week. That would be cool. That players plays on like ABC or would CBS. Would also mean that we would have to sit down and watch an entire movie and talk about it. That's why I don't do yeah. it. Because, uh, yeah, this week there was a two-part Mad About You that was the finale. So it was part two of two parts? Mm, it was part one and part two. It oh, was a special one-hour episode. Double whammy. Were Paul, yeah, I, I thought it might have been the finale of the series. And so I was like, oh, God, we probably got to do the Mad About You series finale. But luckily it wasn't. But apparently Paul huh. loses his wedding ring or oh, something man. like that. There are straight devotees to that show. Do you know they call it? They don't call it Mad About You. They call it About You. About You? About You. Oh, I thought it was going to be like May. May. <laughs> May, May. Like just a couple of, just something that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> it's Mad About You, M-A-Y. May. 
Oh, oh, yeah, I get it now. The acronym. I thought you were just taking the two first le- no, letters like, real no, no, lazily. No, 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 no. <laughs> May, may. Yeah, exactly. No, it's the acronym. It's clever. Mad about you, May. May. It took me a second because I was like, Mao. I was like, no, 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 no. Steve, what are the hold words? on. What hold are the on. Words? Even though you sounds like it would be you, <laughs> it is not. It is a Y. <laughs> so you need to come up with a joke real quick or some kind of delivery about May. And I went with May. May. That's all May. I had. <clears throat> I had nothing. After I had to go through all that thought process, I had nothing in the uh, tank. Yeah, it's it's tough, though, to pick them. So that's why we did decided to do another Seinfeld episode. Yeah, and we're back in the same room. Yes. If you heard the intro on the last one, I did disclose that we would try to avoid Zoom recordings until at all humanly possible yeah. i'll try to get in the same room so i can see those beautiful wolf pack shirts what about the socks what about my socks uh, i mean they're fine i've seen better socks on myself all right i mean they're fine i mean what do you want me to say about the socks i don't know i guess i thought you were going to point out how i was wearing black socks with tennis shoes what i have no sock judgment i will never <laughs> judge your no 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 I am not. You don't sock shame people? I'm not one of those sock shamers. I don't carry myself as any kind of sock snob because I don't have the luxury of not wearing socks. Uh, Some of you here may may know, but probably don't. I have ankle alopecia. It's a real thing. I have very hairy legs, and there is nothing on my ankles. It literally stops where a sock line would be so like where a person would just normally let their socks kind of hang out on the on their legs on their ankles it just stops it's as if the skin just doesn't accept it you just don't have hair follicles there and i've tried tanning it it doesn't tan it just stays pure crisp white exactly it's like a vampire patch of my skin it's like a hard white outer belly things ever get tough for you financially you can make some good feet videos and i have considered that um the feet video market is very lucrative uh, i have not checked out the uh shaved bare ankle market but i yeah. bet it's pretty hot yeah it probably is there's probably some people because it's such a niche thing that they would be willing to pay some coin for that yes uh, and there's all kinds of uh, websites i hear about uh chatterbait was in the news some politician was all over chatterbait or something like that i was like oh man this is a new one i've never heard of such a thing but you think that they would know better if he was in a in a oh no this is you know public office oh no no that that's child's place sir (laughs) that happens every day uh no this was a woman who was running for office who i guess was like consistently engaged in posting lives videos oh so she was like a cam girl running for office correct but i guess she wasn't like disclosing that oh okay so it was like a dark secret dark secret sounds like a novel yeah and i guess she thought because she was behind a paywall sorry we don't get into news stories here uh, but (laughs) because it was behind a paywall that like you couldn't post it publicly and so i guess for her up her opponent was like Hey, I found out you were on live cams. I found the loophole. I just bought it. I know. It's like he had to have subscribed or told somebody to subscribe. It's like everything about the story is just wild. Where I'm like, hold hey, on but, a minute. But wait a minute, Mr. Reporter. Yeah, hold Mr. On. Reporter, one, I had to. Just don't, just don't tell people that I bought it. Yeah. 
I had to subscribe. It's on my credit card. <laughs> if you see Chatterbait on there, that's why I had to see. <laughs> I'm sorry. So that was one of the fun stories from uh, this week, the week of 9-13-2023. But this episode of Frasier <laughs> took place on Thursday, May 19th, 1994. Like we mentioned, the finale of this season. So what happened in the episode, My Coffee with Niles? Well, over their daily coffee... Frazier and Niles discuss life and happiness. For the first time, Niles acknowledges he may have feelings for Daphne. And then Frazier considers if he is happy with his new life in Seattle. Touching, isn't it? It is. It's a really heartwarming tale. Thanks, Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) So this episode starts in Nervosa, and... Niles is giving directions as if he's given driving directions to someone. So it's just another Niles one-sided phone combo, which he, he is very good at, yeah. I will say. Oh, yeah. uh, but no, then the joke just turns out to be that he's navigating Maris through her house. <laughs> you didn't find this one punchy? I loved this joke. No, I it's a great joke. I loved it. I <laughs> mean, it's so funny. She gets, the house is so large. And they even, they even you know, start talking about that, about Niles' commitment to Maris later on. And Is she and an this, idiot? The house is so large. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, does she have a mental issue that we have not been made aware of? She's pretty frail and probably malnourished. So I would imagine she's not thinking clearly. You know, I stayed <laughs> that, up. Okay, malnourished I, makes sense. Not thinking I stay, clearly. I stayed All up right. and, and like sleep deprived because she probably has sleeping problems. She always talks about how she has to take Ambien and shit not really ambient but mm-hmm. the sleeping pills i think i don't know who knows? probably it's i'm sure he does at some point 1993 me hasn't how do i know i don't know because i'm 1993 guy yeah we weren't popping it 94 94 guy 94 yeah that's right we're in may of 94 maybe everyone was doing ambient and we don't know sorry yeah. continue on yeah but maybe so the other night i i had to stay up because one of my kids was sick and and had to you know so it was a, one of those nights and i Puke. got no huh not that kind of sick it was just like fever and ah, cool. you know she started preschool and anyways i can't remember which one it was it was my son <laughs> anyways you're throwing me off here and, and good <laughs> just like your wolf i was shirt. so sleep i was so sleep deprived man the next day i felt like i was so drained i hadn't felt like that in so long like where it was like you know one of those where you pull an all-nighter and you're just trying to trudge through the damn day with two fucking toddlers is just like slugging through every action that's what cocaine is for oh, man oh god it felt just it was like the equivalent of like coming off of cocaine okay. the next day after you've had a bunch of cocaine and then you didn't you got, sleep all night long and you still have to get up and go shop for groceries <laughs> you no know, you get i mean after a long good day of cocaining i think you need to just go eat a good <laughs> breakfast and just try to sleep it off you know uh, trudging through the day is yeah it's no good uh, i don't recommend it good you God. gotta wear sunglasses the whole day it's a it's a big mm. deal oh yeah it's it's like it's a, it's a hangover of sorts Ooh. yeah so no so that's maris that, 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 that's the how maris yeah exactly that's a, a lot like maris sorry um frazier shows up to nervosa it's hopping busy never seen so many people in this damn cafe yeah and they can't find a table yeah, it was it was packed, jam packed. The fire marshal would have had a fit, a conniption fit. You're right. I think it was this busy when the fight was about to happen. Oh, absolutely. That, uh, what a reason episode. for that one? Yeah, episode two or something like that. I forget which episode it was this year, but yeah, it was busy during the fight. It's the only other time I've seen it busy. Uh, but 
So they can't find a table. I think they just start talking. Yeah, well, they're still standing up here. And Frazier does offhandedly mention that it's been a year since he moved to Seattle. Sure. Cool. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Niles tells about how he's uh, shooting off dirty looks to try to get the table that paid five minutes ago to leave. He's like, show me the look. And then he does like just a really <laughs> in non, non-emotional face, really. <laughs> he looks like a parakeet or something. Like, I don't know how to describe it. He's trying his best. He does, but uh, then they both try to work it. Um, you know, I think they place their coffee orders during this time, but they both shoot the dirty looks over after that. It kind of works. So, yeah, I mean, there's two creepy men staring at you. I mean, that engages me more than anything. <laughs> I I tell them to come on over, see what their number is, let's uh, see what's going down. Hey, fellas. <laughs> hey, hey, big guys. What's going on? <laughs> nice dress, man. Uh, but unfortunately, as soon as the table opens up, someone swoops in. Classic sitcom blocking <laughs> get in there Just, yeah send them in yep uh yeah that's that's true to the 90s though Remember? coffee shops i bet did pop and wait till next week you never know but i'm sure coming up soon maybe next week certainly within a couple <laughs> we got a whole new batch of shows including coffee shops oh fuck yeah one that you might know set in new york city with a few pals Hanging around at a coffee shop. It's called Perfect Strangers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's called A Few People I Used to Be Buddies and Pals With. Uh, anyway, so this whole episode pretty much is at Nervosa. So, yeah, I'm going through the scenes here. They should have made a knockoff show called Acquaintances. <laughs> Acquaintances. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> work acquaintances that you don't really want to hang out with but you somehow still end up at a coffee shop with sometimes <laughs> and you date a couple of them a few times and one of them's always showing their nips that could be a funny show actually yeah i would i would dig it so niles returns from the restroom at nervosa uh the hot air dryer broke down that's a little runner they have through here frazier sends his coffee back because it's not decaf oh i'm sorry I like I. I honestly, I can rarely bring myself to do that. If especially if it's something as minimal as like there's full fat cream in my shit, it does get aggressive as it progresses throughout. Yeah, I think he gets to like three or four send backs at at one point here. Uh, Um, but yeah, decaf. What the hell's the point? I feel like the that they were there after he was on the air. So if it was like after 5 p.m., he doesn't want to have a caffeinated drink because he said it keeps him up all night. Then why the hell are you going to a coffee shop and drinking coffee, Frazier? I don't understand. That's, see, that's the essence of decaf coffee. One time I saw, you know, those five-hour energies? I saw a decaf five-hour energy, and I was like, wait a minute, why? I mean, Isn't the me- caffeine the point of those things? Yes, I... <sighs> I don't know that it was ever caffeine. I don't remember their marketing and branding too well. I mean, they had other bullshit, and they're like taurine and guarani. That's the thing. I was like, I think there's some other the, stuff. All those, all those terrible things that you shouldn't be putting in your body, I guess, but yeah, they just like, suit you up. We give you the energy with a different chemical is the only thing I can think of what they were trying yeah. to say there. Like, hey, if you've already had 100 bajillion milligrams of caffeine today. Sure. We can give you energy with a different chemical that might screw your brain and heart up, but it's not caffeine. I see that's that's pointless. But yeah, I think Frazier just didn't want to get all zooted up before he, you know, snuggled down into his bed. 
I agree. I think Fraser did want to snuggle up in bed with a decaf coffee after, or sorry, after a decaf coffee. But yeah, I, th- I know people that drink solely decaf coffee. Mm-hmm. I guess they just like it's like non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I guess you're right. Non-alcoholic beer I, seems like a better cover in social situations. Sure. But I guess by that logic, then this is just a social situation for Frazier. Yeah. He's just hanging. It's just there. We hanging. cracked it. We cracked it. <laughs> They're like, we already did this at Cheers, guys. We can't just roll back another beer episode again. Like right. We've already done this. So <laughs> anyway, I get it. Are the non-alcoholic beer guys the ones who are like super addicted and they're like, I got to have the taste. Sure. Or like somebody that can't handle their alcohol or yeah, I mean, pregnant super, ladies, super addicted. <laughs> have you ever seen a non, you know, you've seen the beer guys at the grocery store, like delivering the beer. You ever seen the like non-alcoholic ones? I not, like, oh, it's the not exclusively. Guy. It's not the Odul's ex- guy. <laughs> yeah, there he is. Not exclusively. I can't say I'm sure it's a distributor somewhere, but <laughs> I wish there was a like, I wish, I wish all the delivery guys dressed as their product. So like the brawny man came in with all the brawny like <laughs> the paper brawny towels and the gear like, and, like Kool-Aid man cruised in with all the Kool-Aid and there was a big goldfish guy in a mascot uniform that uh, delivered all the goldfish. Those are better times because that's kind of how it used to be. I mean, every company had their own delivery like systems, you know, and like that's true. Lots of women hooked up with the milkman. Yeah, exactly. My, my siblings used to tell me I was a, Milkman's prodigy, progeny, <laughs> <laughs> and a prodigy. You should have gone into that. And prodigy, I mean, you prodigy. Were, you were born to milkman, <laughs> and you couldn't find a. This economy destroyed the milkman industry. Oh, God, those poor milkmen. They still have them. They've got to. There's still got to be guys that deliver milk solely, only milk. Oh man, you're right. I just lacks the pride that it used to. Sure. I wonder if you get to wear I just the little work, hat. You know, I just work at the farm, right? Like I'm just an employee of the farm, right? And all the milk was in glass bottles. Like God, what a weird vibe to roll out there. Like, hey. Yeah. I'm just hauling. I mean, I guess lots of stuff comes in glass bottles, but still, I've never had milk out of glass, so it just creeps me out. Oh, like not like directly. I mean, I've poured milk into in a, a into glass. a glass, okay. but not. I was about to say that's very strange. Well, yeah, no, I, I only, only go from the garden. <laughs> I chuck carton only. <laughs> You know, it's just in my lifetime, it's always only been carton or plastic. Like, that's sure. all we get. We don't get the option for the glass. glass they milk. They sell milk and glass jugs at the at the it, store. Fancy milk. The milk that's like $9 okay. or $10 a gallon, where you're like, or not even a gallon. It's like a quart. I was like, Snapple used to come standard in a glass bottle. For There's sure. a few things that definitely used to, but it was mainly just beer. Those Calypso drinks. You ever seen those at, at the no. checkout line? No, they're like they're all sorts of terrible colors, like the the you know candy colors. Oh, the calypso. I don't know. It's like a fruit juice. It's like <laughs> well, either way, it sounds, it sounds like Fraser would love it either way. By the way, a nice reset here. This is Sideshow Frazier. In case you <laughs> forgot what you clicked on. Um, in case you forgot whose picture you saw when you clicked on this and you're like, oh, my God, why are these two dudes talking about Snapple and Calypso? because you're listening to a Frasier podcast. That's right. <laughs> We're going to really try to tighten it up here for season two. <laughs> I promise. No more of this. Just foolery. This, these shenanigans. Everywhere. You're right, Steve. We'll just, I'll start researching some hardcore facts. Let's take it serious. Okay. Okay. Let's have some class. Okay. 
All right, so Niles and dumbass Frazier elect for a table outside because it's so busy. <laughs> and Niles wipes I down I didn't a even chair. know until this point that there was an outside terrace seating. Like, I've definitely never seen it from that angle. Yeah. Like, that's probably the only time besides the fight, like you said, that they show that exterior shot. Yes, exactly. Like, if they even do in that episode. I don't know if they did. I don't know either. I, yeah, I feel like maybe Martin walks outside in that episode, but that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did not. I never remember this particular shot of it. Yeah. Um, but at a, yeah, and then he had the wiping down a chair before sitting in it. I didn't find any problem with this on an outdoor chair, but Frazier seemed to be all miffed by it when Niles takes out his little kerchief and or napkin or whatever he's carrying around and just uh, you know swats the crumbs off because it didn't seem to be like a germs thing. Like I don't think he was worried about germs it's like getting bird, like bird poop and just like yes. standard outside leaves and dust. I was like, that yeah. sounds fine. Dirt. I was like, he's in his suit, you know. Sure. I mean, like you're allowed to sweep off crap on your outdoor chair. Chair, sure. that's fine. And it was windy. It was like starting to rain and shit. It was windy. Oh man, I want some windies soon. <sighs> Okay. Those Frosties are not good. I used to go hard on that chili. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I loved Wendy's chili, man. My younger days. God, I know I did too. And I hate so to admit that good. on a recording here. But yeah, man, back in the day, Wendy's chili went <sighs> so hard. Man. I don't know that. Do Brits even have Wendy's chili? Doubtful. Canadians? Doubtful. Man. Canadians, maybe. Canadians do. Yeah, hey, you Canadians. Do you guys have Wendy's chili? If you're yeah, if you're from another country than us, because we live in Texas, so we just like we get chili out of a bucket everywhere we go. <laughs> it's uh, at the gas station. It's free. Just exactly. <laughs> we have pumps of chili. Just it, it's right next to the gas pumps. So when you're pumping gas into your car, you can pump chili right into your mouth right into yourself. It really is the most efficient means of uh you know transport into your body. <laughs> An electric pump. An electric pump. Uh, so then we take a very serious turn here. Niles asks Frazier a very simple question. Frazier, are you happy? Hmm. It's a deep question. It's a deep question. Frazier admits, well, Niles, this is a uh, relatively complex question you've asked here. And Niles quickly lets him know, well, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not happy. And then Frazier asks why. And Niles <laughs> talks about watching a documentary. And if there's anything more beaten down, it's, Hey, I watched a documentary last night and now I feel this way about all this stuff. And so, sorry, Jordan, <laughs> yeah, you're trying to be off well, mic, but I like you just talking to me. What's going on? Is it, do we have an equipment malfunction? I just realized that I'm talking into the side of a. Uh, I don't care. Um, it's I, yeah, but come on. You're, don't over agonize what part of the mic you're talking into. Just keep it consistent. Oh, see, check, oh, no. check. Okay, I think great. Check, check. check, check it. Let's start the recording over. Are we <laughs> even? Good. Are we even recording? Check. It's better. See, we can cut all that stuff about chili. I don't want to admit any of that. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> no, Niles basically watched a documentary about the Great Depression, and some kid at the end of it gets a pair of shoes and expresses joy, and Niles is like. I've never seen pure joy on my face sure. ever like that. You're like, okay. You've also never been deprived of like a nation's worth of everything. Like a kid probably lived with no food for a month at a time or something like that. Right. So yeah, shoes were a huge deal. You, you had a house and grew up with parents that loved you. 
Yeah, so I was shocked that Niles is like, I'm not happy. You're like, look, you can you can be depressed, but you probably shouldn't compare yourself to the Great Depression. You can be, there's an interest between being unhappy and unsatisfied. Hey, great point. <clears throat> but if anything, I always tell people like, hey, at least I don't live in the Dark Ages because I'd be dead by now. Yeah. Like if I lived between the year 1000 and like 1400, oh, I'd be dude, so dead. I've gotten so many cuts on my body just from yeah. like being a klutzy dude that like, you know, you know, or whatever, like I would have died from an infection so many times. Oh, that for sure. Oh god, yeah, infection would have killed me long ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, those people who do live in England and Great Britain and stuff like that. They had castles and people who had to live there. And I think that's where originally I was. I'm sure there are members of my family who were just executed immediately for having no value to society at all. Like, I, I, I'm sure I was just used to, like, put hay into a barrel. You know, like, <laughs> like you idiot guy. You know, like, you're not strong. You know, like, just put, put that stuff over there. I feel like that's what I was used for, so... I feel like I would have been dead back then. Yeah. I feel like 1700s, once the Whigs got involved, I think I might have had a sporting chance, but I would have had no outdoor frontier experience, you know? You think they'll bring them back like they did in like, like you know, if it really does turn into like Hunger Games? Powdered Whigs? Yeah. Yeah, why not? It's a status symbol. Bring them back. I mean, Frazier has definitely put on a powdered wig in his time. <laughs> He's at least tried one on at a costume shop. Yeah. Or had to a secret one in his room that he keeps in his room. Oh man, I bet he is into in one of those mini cabinets that he has. Man, I wonder what his cosplay fetish is. If he goes pure revolutionary era, or sorry, revolution era, like yeah, George Washington, or what he's into, huh? Yeah, probably be like somebody who you know. We have a lot of listeners overseas i don't even know that we can talk about this is this a sore spot i have no idea i mean i'm sorry about what happened a long time ago hey listen the beef needs to be squashed from the revolutionary war i know a lot of people are still (sighs) sore over that and you know the truth of the matter is there's a great woman behind every president and that woman is martha washington man yeah and I would also say that we're worse off. Every 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 day when George got home from work, man, yeah, uh huh, she would have big fat bowl waiting I, for him. Man, I've heard this somewhere. She was a hip, a hip, a cool lady, man. I've heard that. Yes, there's nothing to say that there weren't plenty of hip, cool women overseas either. I'm just gonna say we don't get princesses, and I'm not saying well, princesses are good. But what are our young women aspiring to, if not to be princesses? Prostitutes. No. Uh, yeah. Pro- hey, stripper is very empowering. <laughs> I, I think you're right. If you don't go all the way, I think stripper is an empowering profession. You get to dress up. <clears throat> you could wear a powdered wig anytime you this want. This is a hot take right here. <laughs> like this, this is a is really hot take. hot take. I think it's a respected, noble profession Strippers. that needs to be. The, and and it is uh kind of you know sp- spliced off the timeline of the uh, uh, of the original uh, oldest profession in the world. Yes, and I bet there are at least eighteen percent of strippers are named princess. Probably. So it's full circle. It really yeah. is. So I would like to say that I think we're worse off, but also we're sorry. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
to sum it up, we're sorry about the revolution. No hard feelings. Yeah, no hard feelings on either side. We're all good. We're all fine. And I'm sorry about that Mel Gibson movie called The Patriot. We don't support Mel Gibson <laughs> no. here, so we're sorry about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as long as you guys are sorry about James Corden. We had to put up with James Corden for a long time, and we don't want Corden. So I hope he's going back. <laughs> Keep Corden, all right? Take him. Take Corden. All right. How many minutes are we at? An hour and a half? <laughs> Sorry. All right. Scene B. So Niles mentions uh, he's got $400 Bruno Mogley shoes. Uh, those are the same shoes that OJ was wearing when he uh, killed his wife. Oh, really? Yeah. True story. Yeah, that's how he got uh, found civilly liable in the uh, follow-up case. So proven uh were the gloves bruno magley too no i don't know i don't believe so i think those were just isotoners <laughs> i don't know <laughs> okay. um so niles goes through his accomplishments wonders if he's only in psychiatry for the money i thought that was an odd take because you're like yes like you're doing every job for the money it yeah i mean if you weren't in the type of psychiatry you're in you wouldn't have a private practice sure. and dress the way you i think do. about that sometimes because like for for people that have those high education jobs like doctors and lawyers and you know things that you have to you know really study for like going to be an astronaut and stuff uh those those you don't have to study for that i've seen armageddon oh that's true <laughs> that's true that's a good point those types of jobs like it's almost like their society pressures them within their own society of being doctors to like only do it because it's right you know what i mean as opposed to and it's like they get paid and compensated massively but i feel like it's almost as if they feel like they have to say that they don't do things for the money because of the fact that otherwise it would make them look like a jerk so they have to be like no i do it because i want to save lives oh you know there's I mean? a small subset that do most of them want the damn money. Mm -hmm. Damn right. But it also costs a lot to go through all those schools. So For sure. I, you're going to need the money to pay back all that damn schooling. All that debt. Yeah, it's tough out there. You're, but You're part of the machine. I will happily... God damn it. Britain, you got it right on the healthcare system. I don't know how bad it is. <laughs> I was like, I was about to say, I'll pay a lot for a better doctor. And you're like, you know what? Fuck that. No. You know, I shouldn't have to do that. No. You know what? No. I will take the worst doctor we have and hope it works out. Yeah. And unfortunately that's the way that it has to be. Uh, and it's like, Oh wait, that doctor's not in my healthcare network. Well, what doctors do I have to choose from? And then you look at the ratings and you're like, these guys have one stars. Like fine. They, I'll take it. What <laughs> said he's been, he's been doing exams barefoot. That's like, perfect. What's going on? That's bad. Hey, Hey, that's, that's my doctor. If he that's, puts on that, flip -flops, I'm talking personally about my doctor. He walks in barefoot every time. I'm like, doc, what? If he walks in bare ass, then we've got a problem. Barefoot, I'll allow. <laughs> All right. So then Fraser kind of subtly implies that maybe Niles married uh, Maris for her money. Well, we're like, I mean, I get maybe as a what what were your options at the time? Also, Niles were like, you slaying with the women. No. And and that's the thing is like, did you turn down some hotter chick where you're like, well, I think I'm going to marry Maris here for the money versus. Was Maris kind of the only chick that you'd ever really hooked up with? How long has he been married to Maris? Great question, but it seems like they're probably mid-20s. 
I don't know. Since they were in their mid twenties, I think so. It yeah. seems like maybe it's been a ten year marriage or something like. Well, no, they're yeah, he's in like his late thirties because Fraser's forty two, right? And they're a couple year or I don't know. I got it wrong already. So they're like, I think. he's like our age now. I think so. Okay. Yeah, and so they've probably been married twelve years. Yeah, something like that is what I'd imagine. Um, so Niles indicate. Yeah, he goes through a whole thing about how they're just friends. Niles uh, then tries to shift the combo back to Frazier. That's a common thing is that, hey, Frazier, you haven't answered whether or not you're happy. But then, what do you know? Roz shows up. Niles knows Roz now. Yep. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, now he's all, and he's kind of offended that she doesn't like <laughs> give him a hug and a kiss like she did Frazier. That's the season one payoff is that Roz kind of halfway snubs Niles after <laughs> Niles is like, oh, hey, Roz. And you're like, Okay, I mean... He basically said, I don't care if you die in the last episode. Yeah, was this like a season one make good where they're like, all right, we're sorry about everything. By the end of season one in a year since Frazier's been there, all right, Niles knows who you are. <laughs> all right. They killed it. They killed the the the, the through lines. Um, Niles, or sorry, Roz is meeting a date there and uh, said he caught her checking out his butt uh at the water fountain or vice versa i can't remember she was checking out his butt i think is what happened there mm-hmm. and then uh niles kind of starts checking out roz after she walks away there calls her comely comely i don't know what that means am i allowed to say that comely yes how is it spelled i think it's c c u m oh sir <laughs> come on <laughs> L Y, come on, or L E Y. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure it's a it's a C U M situation. I can't believe you. It is a C O M E, and apparently it means pleasant to look at or attractive. Okay. Typically used of a woman. Well, you're talking to the guy that I, I I'm good at spelling, but there are certain things that mess with me. Uh, and I spelled opera opera um, back when in in the the third grade spelling bee i lost that bad boy we should just change it to that anyway yeah i think so too she's earned it <laughs> uh so then Fuck niles, you oprah yeah niles kind of asks frazier if uh he's ever considered hooking up with Roz. frazier tells kind of a creepy story about some blouse he wears and this is my greatest fear about having a working wife you're just like, you have to accept that you're like, there's something she wears that probably gets some rando going somewhere. And you're like, it's fine. That's going to happen. <laughs> I know. There's nothing I can wear that gets anyone going. So it's more just, you know, it's the way it goes. <laughs> and believe me, I've tried. You sell yourself short. I've seen you with those tights on. Uh, tights? When you get out and you rollerblade and you put on tights and I, a sweatband. Yeah, I... I've tried letting all my chest hair show at once, only a little bit at once. It yeah. seems like none of it's working for me. Well, I don't know. I was talking to Agnes across the street. She seems to think it's okay. Yeah, I have no guns. So ever, I always hear people say, sun's out, guns out. Right. I'm like, well, what do you do if you have no guns? So then I cover them up three times as much. Never works out for <laughs> me. Bulk up. I try to like fake bulk up, but not pull my guns out. So uh-huh. people are constantly like, hey, hey, man, come on, pull your guns out. And then nothing, man. And then I try to show off my body like a week later in a tank top. And they're like, no, nah, man. Just ask for a muscle suit for Christmas. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> That's perfect. I might go full sumo suit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just go real big with it. Yeah, you got to grow Power. your head. You got to grow your head though to be proportional. 
Well, that requires steroids. If Barry Bonds <laughs> taught me anything, you can make your head grow a little bit. Um, so Barista comes over with Fraser's coffee. He sends it back, this time due to non-fat milk. Uh, then it starts raining outside. Niles and Fraser run inside and grab a table. Niles sees Roz's date and kind of takes a weird turn where he's like, wow, he is good looking. <laughs> Frazier kind of implies, like, what are you, are you into that dude? Like, legitimately? And I guess Niles is in such a weird place that he's like, I mean, maybe. I don't, I, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Niles, I think you would know at this point if you wanted to engage in any physical acts with a man. I was like, I think you can acknowledge, like, oh, yeah, that is a good looking dude without being like, man. I want a piece of that guy. It's always a funny bit when they take that uh, that route on on shows, like on Freaks and Geeks. That episode where Ken thought he was he might be gay, he didn't know, and so he like went on an explore. He's <laughs> like trying to figure it out by like listening to dis- different types of music. It was like Donna Summers and like it know. was a weird thing that shows <laughs> leaned on a bunch. Yeah, they did that but, a lot, but you know the self discovery of it, I'm sure, is something that is probably explored more in TV now in a legitimate way. But yes, it was certainly used quite comedically. Like you said, dudes listening to like is it staples? It's like it's raining. It's a lot of stereotypes. Bingo. Um, So yeah, then they like move off that pretty damn quick. So it was like a thirty second aside that occurs where Frazier is kind of like. What's going on, man? Are you into that dude? <laughs> it's like, okay, this is taking a weird turn here. Um, then Martin shows up with Daphne and Eddie. And I have never seen Martin pull this move before, but the barista comes over and says, no dogs allowed. <laughs> and he just holds his hand up. What? Hello? And acts like Who's it's there? a service dog. <laughs> That's such a great bit. I mean, now I'm sure people do that all the time and say it's an emotional support animal and like that's legitimate and what have you. But I had never seen Martin play that just if it ever comes up, I know what to do. (laughs) It's just going to act blind. It's great. (laughs) Um, So Eddie jumps up by Frazier. He smells like a wet dog. Frazier is none too pleased about this. And then Martin and Frazier start arguing pretty damn quickly. The phrase toast sweat comes up during this era or during this period of the show. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Does that occur at your house yet? All the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Who uh, cuts things on the counter versus cutting things where they should be cut? I think it's more if you you put, and it's not exactly on the counter because I use a cutting board, right? And my, my children are too young. They don't prepare their own meals yet. I'm preparing every single thing that we, you know, my wife and I. So you do, you take a piece of toast out and you pop it down, put it on, I put it on a plate or on a cutting board and there is condensation that, that occurs. Oh, so you've just seen toast sure. sweat. You don't have an issue with count, oh, no. countertop toast sweating. No, no issue. I don't give a shit. It'll happen. It happens. It's it like, happens, yeah. right, right, right. Steam causes, you know, that's that is condens- condensing of the air around it because it's so hot, I guess. I don't know. And it condenses into water. Yeah, my kids are bad about just cutting right on the counters. And admittedly, so am I. <laughs> I'll be honest. You with a sharp knife, you cut the counters? Not yeah. a sharp knife, no. Yeah, but the, You got marble on there, so it's not like... Yeah, well, no. Sharp knife, no. But 
If we're talking about just slapping some bread down there and slathing, uh, you know, some jelly real quick, I'll be like, I'm not going to waste a paper towel on this, and I'm not washing a damn plate over this toast sweat. Uh-uh. Deal with it. I'll spray it down later. And we got dogs. Use a paper towel then. Swipe them off on the ground. Yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> oh, the children and dogs will eat this off the ground in no time. Uh, Fraser sends this coffee back a third time because there's no cinnamon on the phone. Jesus, Fraser, just tell her exactly what you fucking want, man. Sorry to cuss. I'm sorry. I've been surly this week. Just tell her what you want. This one I am confused on because there's cinnamon on the phone. Was there cinnamon the previous two times? Or was it like cinnamon on the side and not on the foam? Or did they legitimately F this one That's up? That's a good question. Like, I didn't order cinnamon, you dumbass. This is on you. Maybe she put it on there out of spite because she was like, I, f- I hate this man. Could be. So, yeah, you're right. And it could be like a Mrs. Doubtfire Pierce Brosnan situation where she's trying to get him to die from the cinnamon challenge. Yeah. <laughs> my son, my two-year-old, did the cinnamon challenge unknowingly. <laughs> Oh, oh no! He picked up. A, it was like few, uh, last week or sometime. He was standing on a chair and he got on the counter, not got on the counter, but he grabbed the cinnamon that was there and he like poured it in his mouth. Yes. Oh, it was. Oh, it was. It was bad. It wasn't as bad as the time we went to the to the hot pot place and then he and he took a a big spoonful of the like actual spicy stuff. Yeah. And who that was? That was not. Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> I'm sure it was fine. <laughs> it's all good. As the kids love passing spicy food. Huh. Uh, so then Martin goes on apparently a pretty consistent uh, thread that he goes on where he says it's about time he find his own place. And uh, so he storms out. You know, he's basically telling Frazier, you've been here a year. I can take care of myself now. It's probably about time I find my own place. And Frazier even completes the sentence to really kind of stick it to him. Right. That he's, I've heard your shit before, old man. Right. And to be fair, he's kind of right. Like, Frazier has put the dude up for a year. I mean, at this point, I'm like, all right, Martin. And it was because it was like, what? It was pretty close after his accident, right? When, yes, where he got I believe shot. So, so he, that's why he had physical therapy. And obviously, it was like right after, not right after, but it was not too long after. And this feels like something they've already resolved multiple times in the series where I'm like, yes, you guys have already thought about whether or not you're going to move out to us, too. And I'm, I thought you've moved past this. It's fine. We know you're going to keep living together right. in season two. Shut the hell up. <laughs> you know, so this far, I was like, I don't care. Uh, but Martin does storm out and can't believe coffee is $1.50. Mm-hmm. That bring, I was like. Coffee was only one fifty back then. One fifty, and he's pissed about it because coffee in his day was like thirty cents. You know, thirty cents for a coffee. <laughs> that is what I thought. I was like, he probably used to slap a nickel down and get a cup of coffee, a cup of Joe from the local <laughs> diner or something, and now it's Dude, a buck fifty. Wasn't there a- an episode of I Love Lucy where they bought a restaurant and it was like a burger restaurant? Is that I Love Lucy? And they kept making the the burgers less and less money to compete with the burger joint across the street. I think that's an episode of Popeye. What? No, I mean maybe, but I feel like that bit was done in I Love Lucy too for some reason. Might have been. There's a lot of I Love Lucy's, and it has been probably a couple decades since I've watched them. So yeah. I used to know the plots a little bit better. That does sound like a Lucy. I just started Ethel. catch. I started catching them recently. They're so gotcha. well, of course they're so good. They're incredible. I mean, I remember when they ordered a whole side of beef, and obviously, I remember the candy factory oh, stuff. Yeah. I mean, but I can't remember the bought a restaurant or owned a restaurant. But 
as in you would if you've been watching them more recently, you would know better than I. Yeah, it's just I definitely it, remember it in Popeye where they just kept making more and more next to Bruno's It's just a burgers. distant, dusty memory in my mind that I'm trying to sexy blow <laughs> blow that blow that sexy dust right off <laughs> that memory. Blow the sex dust off your brain, Jordan. <laughs> All right, we keep moving along in this episode. All set at Nervosa. This time, Frazier's back from the bathroom. He used the oily hand cream. It was so oily, he couldn't even open the door to get out. It's pretty damn oily. And uh, then Daphne speaks with Frazier about how Martin's been kind of snippy lately. And uh, so that that at least probably made Frazier feel a little bit better. Um, hey, don't worry about your dad being an asshole. He was an asshole to me, too. Just... Just earlier this sure. week, he was a jerk to me. So then Daphne, this saint, she's like, well, I have to go out in the rain and catch him. No, you don't. The fuck? You're a grown woman. You're not on the clock. Who's paying you to go catch she, his dad? She cares about him, Steve, you monster. It's Frazier's fucking dad. If he storms off on his own, yeah. it's not Daphne's job to go wrangle and, him and from the I rain. I think Daphne recognizes the fact that Frazier is being a neglectful son in this scenario and making his poor dad walk in the rain where he could slip and break a hip. You know how much a hip costs? You know the risk factor of replacing a hip? On the elderly? I don't. Neither do I, but it's got to be high. You're probably right. I think both of them would be high, and I don't know what insurance he's on. Is it like old policeman insurance? Oh, yeah, that's what the, the, the name of the company is, old <laughs> policeman. <laughs> Certainly they have to have something, right? Like, do you have to pay for it? Now I'm going to be bitching yes, about Britain again. this uh, is Tony Jenkins. I'm calling from old policeman uh, insurance company. I've noticed that you need a new policy. Is that something you'd be interested in? give blood for blue bloods at old policeman insurance line uh no that all sounds terrible because immediately i started thinking about how people in other countries don't need health care um coverage like that yeah. anyway um so uh daphne has to go out and catch him frazier starts wondering why it's so difficult between the two of them and then Frazier reflects on a moment from a couple nights ago when Frazier was messing with his hair while he was sleeping. Yeah, when like, Martin was. Martin was tossling twi- his hair. <laughs> tossling. I like that better. Yeah. Tussle. Is it tussling? Tussle. Yeah, there we go. Is that the word? Yeah, he's know. tussling his hair. Yeah. But yeah. So that was a weird thing where I guess Martin was like, no. You had a, did you say you had a bug in it or you were wiping some dust yeah, off? I can't a, remember. You had a bug something. on your head or something, you idiot. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Get a haircut, you idiot. You look like Bozo. That's what (laughs) it was. Okay, that's right. I didn't write down the Bozo line. Uh, Then Frazier comes right out and asks Niles, hey, are you in love with Daphne? I believe Niles like spits out a drink. He says, I don't know. Straight spit take. Um, And Niles is not considering leaving Maris and uh, then kind of like humorously asks Frazier if, hey, well, if I am into Daphne, can I just have an affair with her? Can I just do that? Frazier's just like, no, no, you can't do that, man. Um, but I, so he really doesn't acknowledge anything uh, here other than, yeah, I think Daphne's pretty hot and I'd like to hook up with that. <laughs> but beyond that, I don't think he really says anything in this section here. Um, Niles reminds Frazier, hey, you still haven't answered the damn question. Are you happy? Roz reenters. She's not pleased with how the date went. This may have been my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> Because the dude didn't want to date her. 
He was trying to convert her to his church. <laughs> what a fucking sick, twisted joke Damn on her it. She just wanted to get some action. <sighs> and this is where I'm like, Roz is not kidding either. So she then leaves because she said there's a new handyman in her building. <laughs> She's going to go put on a negligee and like break the faucet or something like that. Incredible. Yeah, so, I think Fraser's like, She's not kidding. Yeah, she's not kidding. Like, she's uh, not joking around. This is where I was kind of jealous. I'm like, Man, Roz really is living the life. Or like, yeah. she was, she probably dressed up. She's like, I'm going on a date. I'm wearing my nice underwear. I got a shaving. I did all the works here. And then, what? You're into church stuff. Fuck, Fuck off, that. man. I'm hooking up with something tonight. Yeah, so. Roz is the type of chick that you'd run into at like, an underground like Nirvana concert in 94. You know what I sure. mean? Like where there just has the good job, but just is fucking hardcore. Yeah, uh, exactly. She does have a decent job and the producer job doesn't pay a ton, but it is good money sure. in the nineties for sure. Um, so <laughs> the dude didn't even want to date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Frazier wonders about, Ross's life and reminds himself that he hasn't really been slaying it with the ladies. <laughs> so again, comparing yourself to Ross's love life is a little difficult because Ross can just go home and put on a negligee and call the new handyman in her building. We're like, <laughs> Fraser's just kind of a creepier, older dude who's, I mean, no offense, he slays with the women sometimes. He's on the radio. That's about all he's got going for him, I think. Oh, I Don't do. you he's know got me? Money. I'm on the radio. He's got cash. He does have money. I was like, okay, Frazier, nice what, what are you upset about? That you didn't hook up with as many people as Roz did after you just slammed her all year for hooking up with so many people? I'm like, it's like whatever, She's dude. She's just L-I-V-I-N, man. Yeah. I had no problem with Roz in this one. I was like, hey, I get it. Yeah. Dude asked her out. She was ready to go out, and then he was a fucking tease. A-hole. Uh, no, I don't want to read the Bible. No. <laughs> Frazier says he might. Sorry to everyone who loves reading it. Sure. Um, I'm an audiobook guy. Uh, the Devil's Book. <laughs> Frazier says he might end up having a funny little dog and living with Frederick someday, which immediately jumped out where I was like, oh, is this a potential reboot premise? So might he have a little dog? Oh, yeah. I thought the same might exact he thing. be moving in with Frederick as right. like a tie into this season one finale. here. Sure. We know that there's Frederick, but if, oh, God, if Frazier has a dog. Yeah. What a great little tie in. And Eddie. Just, yes. A different Eddie. And his name's Freddie. No, it wouldn't be Freddie. It'd be. Freddie and Eddie. <laughs> Freddie oh, and Fre come Freddie on. And it could have to be like Teddy or something because Ed Freddie is his son's name. Yeah. So <laughs> make it Eddie too. It's fine. Eddie, Eddie too. Eddie Jr. <laughs> Be great. Oh, uh, so Martin, to, Martin comes back in. That's right. And he apologizes, Jordan. He apologizes for treating Frazier and Daphne like, like total jerks. You know, it was his, his fault. I was mad. I treated you guys poorly. But hey, by the way, the reason I've been such an a-hole as if it was my birthday three days ago. You forgot my birthday. And all of you forgot. And you're just like, oh. The closest people in my life. Yeah, that's a big letdown for anybody. That's got to be a big letdown. It's tough, man. Nobody says anything. It's tough. I mean, I feel bad. There's also been years I've totally forgotten my folks' birthdays and just not 
text. Not called or text. Yeah. I forget what day it is. You gotta, make, like, you gotta make an effort. And you gotta think about something that reminds you what day that is. Oh, that's the thing. I'm always like, is it the last day of this month? Because I have definitely text early, like three or four times. <laughs> and then like you know, you can happy set up Happy birthday. You can set up you can set up some some calendar alerts. Just calendar alert, the auto texting type situation yeah. where it just fires it off. <laughs> I don't know anything about technology. Midnight, yeah. Like the second <laughs> Or find out the mo- the exact moment they were born and send it off. Then you'll be the favorite kid by the time that the parents are saying goodbye to this have uh, this world. It's just the days. I know the months where I'm like, okay, that one's in this month and that one's in this month. <laughs> I'm like, I know it's towards the beginning of the month and definitely in the first four or five days. Yeah. And the other one, I'm like, it's definitely in the last four or five days of the month. Sure. But it gets confusing if it's not the first day. It gets confusing. my dad's is easy to remember because uh, it was it was a historical a major historical event. So it's really, December seventh. It's really easy. Nope. It's really easy. we're gonna play the the guessing game. Major historical event. Would mm-hmm. I know it? Yeah. Uh, November twenty third. Nope. Um, was that some election? Uh, Kennedy assassination. I'm pretty oh. sure. Uh. Major historical event that's not Pearl Harbor, not JFK. In relation to my father's age. In relation to your father's age. Oh, it's so he was day, born no, on not, the no, day. No, no, of? that's the that's the day. So a major historical event happened on his birthday. It was his birthday first. He fucking owned that world day. event or U.S. Uh, world watching U.S. event. Hmm. Do I want to guess this event or is it like a terrible, terrible no, tragedy? It's not a tragedy at all. Okay. I'm like, please don't make me say 9-11 right now, man. <laughs> it's something that might that that a lot of conspiracy theorists say didn't actually happen. Oh, Roswell Day? Nope. Oh. Moon uh, landing day. Oh, moon landing? Yeah, moon landing. Day. Oh man, that's my favorite sex move. <laughs> <laughs> the moon lander. <laughs> man i've seen that done but only in like like art exhibitions and like yeah. b- and like burning man i saw it at burning man in 97 yep so That's where i invented it wow it's you're a, that guy i'm that guy man <laughs> i never knew Whew. unbelievable it was an incredible night anyway so this episode <laughs> wraps up here uh where yeah martin tells this boy's last sunday was his birthday Niles tries to spin it into a positive thing. Uh, Daphne shows back up, tries to negotiate a raise real quick. That was smart. Um, yeah. And then Barista asks Frazier if he's happy. She was asking Martin for the raise. That's the wrong guy. Asked for the raise. That's what I was thinking. I was like, she's asking Martin for the raise just because he was like kind of apologetic and shit like that. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Um, oh, they were doing the psychic thing. That's right. Oh, yes. He was filling in the psychic blanks, and she was like, yes, and I saw that you were also going to give me a raise. <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, you're just winging it now. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and then the br- everyone exits. Niles, Daphne, Martin, they've all exited. It's just Frazier alone. Barista comes and delivers his coffee and asks Frazier if he's happy. And just the audience gets the reply of, well, in the greater scheme of things, yes, I am. <laughs> And then that's the last word spoken there. Uh, we get the credits. Yeah. 
And the end of the credit song, they say, see you next year. He we does. love you. I noticed that. See you next year, Seattle or whatever. Yeah, so they'd been picked up. Sure. They're like rating success. You guys did great. I like when they did that kind of thing because you didn't know. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't there wasn't an internet. You know, there was, there was no Google at that point in time. So there's you can't just go and search. Did that happen? Do Or is there going to be another season of this show? You wouldn't just, know. You just had to wait, man. You had to wait until there was a promo for it. Well, let's get cooking on this sideshow. One of my favorites, Seinfeld, the opposite. This is an entire way of life for some people since this episode has aired. Like, I believe there are legitimate philosophical self-help books written based on this particular theory that you should ignore your gut and primal instinct and instead calculatedly think about why you chose it and then if at all possible choose the opposite or a different more logical outcome wow as opposed to like primal instinct or gut instinct seems like that would take a long time to make decisions it does because you would have to think everything through yeah yeah, and I write it all out yes i don't i have never studied these things but i have heard that like this took off in certain communities, wow. this particular episode and George's outlook and how to approach life in general. This actually was something people picked up on, but to reset huh. or not even reset to lay the table here a little bit in this episode, George Costanza decides to turn his life around by doing the exact opposite of what he would usually do. So, Elaine, in this episode, is having a lot of bad luck. <laughs> Jerry keeps breaking even. <laughs> and uh, Kramer gets his coffee table book published. So, woohoo. We start at the beginning. <laughs> it's just an exterior shot of George gazing out over the beach <laughs> at the ocean. <laughs> and the music is like... Dunny, dunny. like it's like, <laughs> So stupid. It's like orchestral strings, you know, <laughs> moving lines. I love it. So I guess we're supposed to see that George is at his lowest point, his <laughs> most contemplative moment on life. Yes, he's he's very much uh, looking within to find out if there was something he could do and change. Correct. That was the kind of the feel of it. <laughs> Meanwhile, we cut to Elaine. She's getting a promotion and a raise. Woohoo! Hey, popping bottles. Yeah, she's at Pendant Publishing, and Mr. Lipman gives her a promotion and a raise, even though they're in financial trouble. <laughs> Apparently, they're about to undergo a merger later on, and that's what enables this raise and her promotion. Yes. So then we get to the diner. Um, Jerry's talking to Elaine about Pendant Publishing and all that stuff and how well she's doing in life. George shows up from the beach, and George seems upset. It isn't working. <laughs> what is this? And George lays out... It, let me try one. Let me oh, try. Go. I want to try one. It isn't working. There you go. He <laughs> gets that like almost like you. It's almost like you're about to sneeze and you like keep this either that you sneeze through saying something. I feel like that's how you do it. Or you're like you like clench your butthole. Clench your b-hole. Have you seen that commercial? <laughs> Have you seen that commercial? <laughs> the b-hole clenching commercial? Well, no. It's it's a commercial where the, and it's I think it's an old one where it's a promotion for like uh, donut holes probably a big chain donut place 
and they they had like people in the wild where they were like <laughs> trying the donut holes like do you like this one or this one and they labeled them a and b and then they had them say a hole and b hole <laughs> so they give be me like, the b hole they'd, yeah, they'd, be like, they'd be like oh you know the a hole was okay but the b hole had a bit a little bit more pop I love the flavor of the B-hole. The B-hole the was a little bit... It went down a little smoother than that A-hole, which was a little rougher on my throat when it went in my mouth. Please send me this commercial. As soon <laughs> as you're like, please it. send that to me later it. today. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I actually need that <laughs> if you can send it to me. <laughs> um, so, George lays out how he thought he had so much promise. He thought he was bright. He was perceptive. He always knows when someone is uncomfortable at a party. Just a great line. Yeah. <laughs> like, also a great skill. Uh, I suppose so. It's, I'm always uncomfortable at parties. Sure. It's pretty easy to tell when people are uncomfortable. I don't drink enough to be comfortable at parties, I feel like. And I am I just don't have that gene to be like, <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> owning this party, party guy. I'm always like, all right, who are the three people I know here? And yeah. Let me go kind of hang out with them and let's uh, see what's going down. See, I don't drink at, at all anymore. So it's like when, I, when I go and I don't go like parties other than like family functions. So it's like one beer a month. Although I have been ha, had to go to a couple like kids parties because my, you know, one of my kids is four now. And so we're starting that phase is like, oh, she's invited to a birthday party. They drink at kids parties. Oh, these parents get thrown at kids parties. Yeah, dude. man. So it's pretty funny as somebody who like just doesn't, and it's not because like I was an alcoholic or anything like that. Don't lie. I just told yes, you were. I did get, I mean, I did start drinking a lot and that's probably what, you know, made the switch in my mind where I was like, I gotta stop this. I like it a lot, but <laughs> I, it's, it's, uh, it's not like that. It's more so I just don't like getting drunk. I don't like the feeling personally. So it's funny to see people that just start getting torn up <laughs> with kids. And you're like, dude, like you, <laughs> you, you have to function tomorrow. Nah, it's fine. I don't stay up late enough to get drunk. So I haven't been drunk in ages. It's incredible. And I don't drink early enough in the day. So I say it's, it's a fun life out there. I've never tried sherry. Is the hangover like better if you're drinking <sighs> rich guy drinks? I think Sherry's just wine, no? Oh, probably. Yeah, so, wine hangovers are, you know, they're all right. I got drunk. My my wife is Jewish. I got drunk on Manischewitz many a time, and that's probably a lot like Sherry, I would imagine. And Manischewitz hangover is no joke. For the Jews out there listening to this podcast, you guys know what I mean, because Manischewitz hangover is the real deal that's like wine with sugar so it's mm. like it's, it's tasty it's, oh okay it's quite tasty it's just i mean it tastes like you know it's like wine juice i'll give it a try should oh uh, so it becomes clear to george that every decision he's ever made in life is wrong waitress comes over and asks george if he wants his regular or his usual spits out the order tuna on toast coleslaw cup of coffee and so george orders the opposite of that he orders chicken salad on rye, <laughs> untoasted, with a side of potato salad and a cup of tea. Cup of tea. Yeah, a cup of tea. And then Jerry lets him know that chicken isn't the opposite. Salmon is, and it's a dumb Jerry bit. Yeah, because it swims upstream or something. And yeah. Tuna swims downstream. He thought that was so clever. I love Jerry Seinfeld, but yes, a lot of times his his one-liners, we were just talking about this with one-liners and the fact that they get decimated by Twitter, and so our brain now sees one-liners as memes and tweets, and it's hard to take it like it used to be in the 90s. It was easier back then. 
Exactly. And it, if they worked the premise more, great. But yeah, the one-liner and like, all right, it's fine. It, it was a fun little bit, but yeah, the the salmon line here, maybe it's just because it's so overdone at this point now. I'm like, okay, okay, move on. <laughs> um. So then after the order is placed, Elaine clocks that a, uh, a woman just checked out George. She suggests, hey, George, go talk to her. And George initially balks at the idea, but then he just... Oh, I'm sorry. Good oh, God. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think something just escaped me while I was recording. <laughs> there must be some kind of a ghoul or some kind of goldfish. I definitely saw like sparks and like a, like yep. a black mass. That's right. Like a ghostly. Uh, I happened haze. to make out with a statue um, that looked a lot like Medusa recently. <laughs> I don't know if I was allowed to do that, but it was just like this pretty hot head <laughs> just sitting up on a pedestal. <laughs> they have to kiss it now. I have to. Legally, <laughs> I had to. Oh, <laughs> um, so George initially balks, but then Elaine and Jerry convince him because, hey, it's the opposite of what you want to do, man. You got to go for it. Uh, so George goes up to the woman, indicates that he's unemployed and lives with his parents, <laughs> and the woman loves she's it. She's into it. Her name is Victoria, and she's all about it. <laughs> so then we cut to Jerry's apartment. Jerry loses a gig. You see him having a one-sided phone combo. Um, so yeah, you know, a comedy show he was doing called him and had to cancel the show. So eh, he lost a little money. Kramer enters to let him know that, hey, the coffee table book about the coffee tables. It's going to be published, man. It is a great idea, though. I know, and I think it's been happening throughout this season. Like, I think there was at least a couple episodes before this where they've referenced... That's what he's been working on. Yeah, that this is going down. Um, but he, Kramer mentions he gets to go on a book tour. He's starting on Regis and Kathy Lee. That's a pretty, pretty banging place to start. I guess you're in New York. That's why you're there. You're like, hey, 20 shows film here. You know, you're, you're going to need to go hit Regis and Kathy Lee. Sure. You'll go hit this show, so... Makes sense. They sent him right out there. Uh, we get George back. Uh, he's really leaning into the opposite strategy. Uh, up on his, That's right. He goes out on the date. So he doesn't road rage anymore. He gets cut off. <laughs> yeah. And instead of you know, like screaming, he's like, it's fine. It's cool. It's all cool. Take no, it easy. No worries. We're good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he says he doesn't shave anymore. Um, you know, it's just going to grow right back. It's going to grow right back. What's the point? <laughs> But then he goes into the movies and we get the two bullies. Oh, yeah. And we get the Buddy Rich scene. So this is my definitely one of my favorite parts of the episode, too, here is the infamous Buddy Rich tapes that I don't have queued up, but basically where he chooses band out after, on the, a, sloppy, on the bus, yeah, yeah. after a sloppy night of playing. And this is a lot of what the dialogue is pulled here from is just George ripping into him. It's awesome. I love that you brought that up, too, because I I have known that for, for quite some time. Every time I see that scene, I always just think about that footage or that. I guess it's just audio. It's I think it's like, just a tape that yeah, people passed around that, you know, a dude recorded on a tape recorder and people just comedians loved it. But musicians passed it around yeah. and stuff like that. So it's just one of those meltdowns. He was somebody. Yeah, Buddy Rich, man. He was hardcore. Jazz drummer from the early from the early days. Is, yes. In case people don't know who he is. Not my buddy Rich. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's a great guy. Yeah, my buddy Rich, man. He's, he's got incredible. No, he's got no rhythm though at yeah. all. <laughs> Boy can't bang a drum. No. Save his life. That beautiful voice. Can't play a drum to save his life. Like you say, Amazing Grace singing, yeah. not rock you to sleep. Exactly. Put tears in your butt. 
<laughs> um, so then Victoria, George's date, asked him to go up to her apartment, and George declines. Yeah. This is a bold strategy, I'm not going to lie, because I have seen this work out for dudes. I've also seen them get taken out in the like time between date one and date two, basically. We're like, <laughs> man, she started hooking up with another girl, with that's, another dude. That's the risk. Yeah, dude, that's the risk. You got to do it the right way. Just like they said in Days of Confused when he was like, no, man, you got to tell her you got another ride, man. But see, she's going to start thinking about you. <laughs> yeah. want, wanting to see you at that party, man. Did you just watch Dazed and Confused? <laughs> yeah. It's like two references today. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, did. why I are did. you quoting this movie at me? I did. That's part of my material right now. Okay. <laughs> That's part of my material. <laughs> it's part of the material I lifted right now. <laughs> It's part of my reference bucket yeah, for today. That's exactly what it is. The ref- reference tool belt. Thank you very much. We have a game show ongoing right now. <laughs> At the end of the episode, we'll provide you two clues about what movie Jordan was listening to today. <laughs> if you know the answer to both clues, you get nothing in return. But we know you listened to this podcast and you saw that movie. Wonderful. Uh, what so, a reward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no reward at all. The reward is in your heart. <laughs> um, and we'll follow you back on something. I don't know what. Follow us in places. I think I'm supposed to tell people that. Follow us at Sideshow Frazier on Instagram and other places, I think. And GeoCities. Oh, yeah. GeoCities is going strong. Don't We're forget going about hard. our GeoCities yeah, page. Exactly. It's definitely not hacked and full of porn. <laughs> uh, so Elaine is at the movies. We cut there. We get French Stewart. The dude yeah. from Third Rock from the Sun. He's yeah. the little usher that walks in there. He, the, looks, he looks so clean. The uh, ticket taker. Would this have been... This is prior to Third Rock then, yeah? I believe... Yeah, Third Rock is not on our lists of shows to choose from. Yeah. So we'll get that soon. That will probably be an NBC show either in 95 or maybe 96. Yeah, so this is a couple of years before he started on, on Third Rock. Yeah. Because he looked younger and just a little different than his character in, in yep. that show. So we'll take a look in a minute here. I'll look up when Third Rock started, but... Yeah, not airing yet. Otherwise, we would have picked a third rock by now. Oh, yeah. I can assure <laughs> you of that. Uh, so, Elaine's date, Jake Jarmel, that she mentioned a little bit earlier. We didn't mention him, but she mentioned him at the top of the episode. Uh, he's been in an accident, <laughs> but she's at the concession stand. She is. She's waiting in line. She's. It's almost her turn. I know. She's been waiting in the concession stand line, and it smells so good. Yeah. Candy's on display there, and they back in the 90s, they had certain candy you could like only get at the movie theater yep and so she has to rush to the hospital but she grabs some juji fruits first (laughs) which and we later find out some popcorn as well that's true (laughs) i do respect the juji fruits not a great candy though juji fruits are like dots they're just like a chewy piece of plastic almost yes and this I think this episode might have been like paid for partially by Juji because of how many times they said it and stuff and to try to save the brand because I definitely went searching for Juji fruits after I watched this in the 90s and they sucked. Yeah. Like I said, they're like dots, but even chewier. It's just like a piece of plastic. It was. American candy is pretty terrible, dude. Honestly, like you really start to dig in we got reese's we got reese's we're that's, going strong yeah, we, on that's reese's a, that's, that's more of a chocolate thing that's skittles dead. will kill you but i mean skittles people are, like them skittles are terrible but they're i know they'll kill you nerds cl- clusters have come up big the last couple years um sprees used to go hard oh sprees were the best yeah. i love sprees whatchamacallit chewy, still a solid chewy sweet, wafer chewy sweet tarts were really good yeah those? Chewy those sweet like tarts. oversized yeah those are chalky pieces of garbage but there are they're fine <laughs> um 
I mean, raisinets are still incredible, but nobody likes raisins. I love raisins. I know. I like the raisin. I like the yogurt raisinette ones too. Those are so good. Those are okay for like I can have like eight of those. Then Just my stomach gets like yogurty. Yeah, I, I think you're probably you're probably hitting on something right there. That's like uh, whoppers. Oh, exactly like whoppers. I get the same malty whopper feeling in my stomach when that happens. I I ate a whole carton of them. You know, the whole carton. Oh, God. I ate a whole carton (laughs) when I was a kid. I puked everywhere. Of course. (laughs) I think even the corporate executives would be like, you need to go to a hospital. If you don't puke, you're going to die. It probably says on there, like, do not consume entire carton. No. (laughs) Especially if you're a child. Maximum serving size, one sixteenth of a carton. I am not looking forward to when my children do stuff like that. (laughs) That's all right, man. One time, I think I just swallowed an entire six feet roll of bubble tape. Oh, my God. It still hasn't passed. You, I think I'll die. You chewed the whole thing. I have literally. I just like shoved it in my mouth. Like, oh, oh sweet Jesus! And then just swallow. I was paid some money. You know, well, if you're paid money, then it's fair. It's at least five bucks. Oh, it's totally fair. Then. Yeah, Never mind. it's worth it. It's totally fair. I, I was think, about to start talking about my dreams, but we can keep going. Oh yeah, talk about all your <laughs> dreams of swallowing bubble tape like me. What else can you swallow? Um, so we go back to. Uh, oh, sorry. She gets to the hospital, and Jake Jarmel breaks up with Elaine. Due to the juji fruits and like you mentioned, the popcorn as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry's apartment. We go back there. He's at a poker game. He broke even. That's kind of his deal. Is he thinks he's even Steven he's in even this Steven. episode. Uh, then we cut over to Regis and Kathy Lee. Regis d- gives the big intro for Kramer. They talk about how they were meeting him backstage and what a crazy Bonkos guy. What a Bonkos guy. It's ridiculous. Regis, I miss him so much. He's incredible. <laughs> I love him so, so much. Hey, who yeah. wants to be a millionaire? I know. We got millionaire primetime Regis. They didn't even know what they were missing. Back Dude. then, they only had morning time Regis. That's true. Primetime Regis did hit different. Yes, exactly. He, damn right he hit different. He hit like quesadillas in the 90s. I'm sorry. Sopapillas. Sopapillas. Raise that flag. Sopapillas, just amazing back then. Um, How's Poncho's doing? It's not doing good, is it? I think there's like one left in all of the United States, and we're keeping them alive with our promotion here. Wow. Yep. Kathy Lee, when Kramer enters, plants a giant kiss on him. Was her, it was her kissing him or him kissing her? I couldn't tell. I thought it was kind of her going into him. You know, she met him backstage, too. What if? Handy. She went. She went into yeah, and gave him an HJ squeezer, an HJ. It's good. Good old. She squeezed off a couple of rounds. What if that happens? And that's why. And like, what if he dated her for a while, just unscripted? Michael what? Richards or Kramer? Kramer. Oh, well, then she would probably get involved in some pretty freaky stuff. <laughs> She'd be fighting ah, chickens. And <laughs> I, that's the thing. I think Kramer. Get, I would say he owns toys. I yeah. would say he probably owns weird lighting. Like he said, like, hey, I turned the strovers on after 24 seconds and it's so hot. Kramer is the, the kind of guy that might have like a sex closet. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he seems like a sex freak. So yeah, yeah. I don't know that Kathy Lee is into that, but also she might be extremely into that. You never know. She only, does drink a lot in the morning. Only time I've ever seen a sex closet was the time we hung out with your sister, uh, like way, way, way late at night, and we were like fourteen, and we went over to one of her friends' house, and then I opened a closet, and they had a bunch of sex stuff. And in my young mind, I thought it was like a 
a sex closet dungeon. And it was probably just like a couple of things on a shelf. But in my mind, I was like, oh my God. Sex closet. Sex closet. It's probably just a regular closet that had like some strap-ons and like. Jeez. <laughs> it had some stuff in there. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't just, just like. Regular it wasn't just like a vibrator very... and like. Okay. So, you know, cock ring. It was like, it was like a bunch of like, you know, it was, there wasn't like masks and stuff. It wasn't BDSM. Okay, so no gag balls. No, no, it wasn't like that. But there might have been a swing hanging up on the, on there and like. Any you know, chastity belts, cock rings. I'm sorry. Probably. I, can't believe I just said that word. <laughs> I'm supposed to limit that word from my vocab myself on that one. You should. Can you bleep out all of those? Just take a little time and just put bleeps in. I don't edit this show at all. If you you heard just those edits this time. No. If anyone heard last week's episode and listened to the end, you know I refuse to edit anything on this show. It's your brand. (laughs) It's my brand. Unedited. Unedited crap. It's just like Girls Gone Wild in the 90s. That was a horrible exploitative <laughs> business. Yeah. I don't think half those girls knew they were being filmed. Maybe if they did. Uh, the joke's still true, Steve. You're right. I did try to get one of those videos in the 90s, and I definitely never did. You I've still never seen one. I, w- I really wanted to back in the day. When they were in the ads, you're like, God, that looks incredible. So and then I, the older you get, you're like, no, that's terrible. I, I bought one and my, my yeah, my dad, it got sent to our house and I made sure that, that, that they like, cause it was like discreet packaging and everything. And my dad intercepted it in the mail, opened it up and took it from me. Bad ass <laughs> yeah. dad. He was probably I like, wish cool. my I bought it with my own money and he, and he took it from me. What was the packaging? Did it was you ever br- see it? It was a brown box like that's bigger than like a, t- a videotape. Your dad's paranoid. He probably thought it was like terrorism stuff. <laughs> yeah, or he thought somebody mailed him anthrax, I bet. <laughs> possibly. Possibly. Or like it's, oh, that's the, that's the machine part that I was about to do. Your dad's voice. <laughs> that's, the, that's the machine part. No, no. That's not how my dad sounds. Your dad sounds like this. He tells you to get a good grope every once in a while. <laughs> not my dad. He's not Eastern European. <laughs> he is now. <laughs> my dad's from Kansas. He is not Eastern European, but that's how we're going to do his, his impression. Now, I'm, Hello. <laughs> This is, I raised Jordan from a very young age. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> That's a harder one to pull off. It really is. Because you have to think about it. Oh. Uh, well, Kramer ends the interview here after taking a swig of coffee and doing a giant spit take and getting it all over Regis and Kathy, <laughs> Kathy Lee. Lee. And they're ticked at him. <laughs> Kathy Lee's mad about her dress. So we go back to Jerry's apartment. Elaine exp- is explaining the Juji Fruit breakup. Jerry explains the even streak, or sorry, the even Steven streak he's on. So he's real happy about that. Sure. If that was happening to you, I mean, if that was happening to me or you, I know you'd be excited about that. I probably would be. I don't know that I'd be bragging about it as much as Jerry is. He really (laughs) is relishing in the fact that, like, eh, it's fine. Whatever happens, it'll even out for me. Sure. Yeah, like he doesn't care about other people. He's very self-centered, but I, I do enjoy that actually. My mom died. I'll get a new mom. I'll get like, a new mom. <laughs> I'll be fine. Someone else's mom will be born today, which actually might be a great way to look at it. It's true. You know, someone else is being born right now. It's actually probably a solid way. <laughs> I take that back. It's true. But, you know, getting a new mom, 
that means you have to go find a like new stepmom or something. Or can you just ask? You have to hook your dad up with a mom. Can you just ask for a stepmom? Like I'm not saying like me or like anybody else. I'm just saying like can you without like say you say you're an orphan. I think on the porn sites there are a lot of categories with people asking for stepmom. And also, what's the age limit for orphan? Is it 18? Like after 18, you're not an orphan. Uh, well, life. the title orphan. No, I know you can be adopted into a family after the age of 18. Yes. No, I mean, that's not what I mean, Steve. I mean, can I call myself an orphan if both my parents pass away? No, you cannot. Okay. Didn't think so. So uh, I've, I've lost train of thought. Well, your, your parents didn't abandon you. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I mean, you, that's lived, true. I you guess grew right. past. I 18. guess you're right. The yeah, connotations so. of being an orphan means that your parents just like dropped you. You don't have parents because they left. Yeah, or I mean, I'm not, even if I they did, I'm not offending anybody. Yeah, obviously. I mean, to be fair, I don't know any like orphan kids or whatever. I guess if both your parents die and you're left to the city or state at any point, or like left to federal procedure, like you're owned by a yeah. nation state or something. What? I guess you're an orphan at that point or something. Owned by a nation state. I don't know. I'm oh, just trying to man. say words. We get after 60 minutes here and words just start fumbling out of my mouth like <laughs> spaghetti. Uh, I understand. We yeah. got we got more Fraser or Seinfeld to do here. Anyway. We do. You're right. So Jerry's even Steven. Elaine asks him for 20 bucks, throws it out the window, says, let's see if you get it back. <laughs> um, and then Elaine reminds him like, hey, I'm really struggling that like shit used to be going good for me and now it all kind of sucks. So... All right. You know, yeah. That is kind of life. You know, Ebbs it happens. and flows, baby. Right. George walks in. He just found $20. <laughs> it's a good quick tie in. <laughs> all right. And Jerry doesn't mention anything of it. Just lets George keep the 20. It's all good. Let him be happy just, with yeah, life. Yeah. It just adds to his like run. Exactly. Um, then we find out uh, that because I, I always forget this is the finale of this season. Mm-hmm. So they were clearly setting up that they wanted George to have a new location sure. to go to next Like a season. new situation. Right. They're yeah. like, all right, George has been floating. He didn't have a gig. He's gotten fired from a bunch of jobs. What's George going to do? So they set up the Yankees job thing right here. <laughs> and so I forgot that's how we get it. Or sorry, that's how we got it. Yeah. That's one of the things I'm always like, how the hell did George pull off the Yankees job? Sure. And it's because he does the opposite of every instinct he has. And so this Victoria lady he was on a date with has an uncle who can help get him a job or at least an interview. Uh, and George does declare this is like his new religion. Yeah. Jerry and Elaine go to leave the apartment. Scene's ending and Jerry pulls a $20 bill out of a jacket he hadn't worn in a while. That's always pretty cool though when that happens. Oh my God, that happened to me recently, dude. Old this, pair of pants though. Some cash? Yeah, 15 bucks. Fuck yeah. I was thrilled. I was like, holy hell. Tacos. Well, yeah. And actually, <laughs> what happened was like two or three day, two or three days later, we were somewhere and someone was like, does anybody have any cash? And I was like, no, I don't. And then I pulled out my wallet. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I, fit, I do. I've got a little cash. I can throw down some cash on this tip. I'm I can hero. do that. Yeah, because like somebody else picked up the bill at a restaurant and they're like, if you have anything to throw down for a tip or whatever, great. And you're like, I know I don't have any. I was like, I can Venmo you extra, sure. t- like I'll Venmo you or whatever you need yeah. or whatever. But I had cash to throw down. Yeah, it always feels good. I that's that's happened to me a couple times recently, and I just had like a few you know spare bucks laying around and put them stuck in my wallet, probably twelve bucks or something after the strip club. Same thing, <laughs> leftover twelve. 
God. Leftover 12 I've already told spot. my I told my strip club story, right? Um, depends. The uh, one where I'm, I got my eye cut. Yeah, I believe you have yeah, told your eye cut uh, strip club story. That's a good If one. not, it's a quickie that I can retell super fast if we haven't told, but I think we have. I think we told that I got my eye cut at a strip club from a dollar bill from a stripper's butt, and then I had to drive home, uh, and I had a patch over my eye, and I got stuck in traffic for three hours, and I sat on top of my car, and then a cop came by, <laughs> and I told him that I, he felt bad for me because I had the patch, and then, uh, I told him that I had to study for exams, and he like led me through this big, huge, giant traffic jam where people were just stopped for like hours on I-35 South. It was really cool. And, uh, you yeah. have to give him a squeezer? <laughs> yeah, I did. Hey man, it's part of the gig here in the states. You know, a, man. I had to give him a PJ. That one, those oh. are rough. Ooh, those man, are rough. those are rough. You don't want to do that, <laughs> man. Oh man. So we see Kramer back at Pendant Publishing now. Lipman has a cold. That's a big deal. I I kind of forget why this is paying off until we got to the very end, where I'm like, okay, that's why he's got this progressive cold that's getting worse because yeah. it's. It's going to tie into Larry David's ending of this episode, basically. Right, right. So every time we see Lippman, he's getting progressively sicker throughout the episode. Um, Lippman sits down, tells Kramer, we got to cancel the book tour, man. Regis and Kathy Lee went like shit. <laughs> like, that was terrible. <laughs> and Kramer's like, what, the coffee thing? And they're like, yeah, yeah man. You like, blew it, buddy. You blew it, man. You spit all over Kathy Lee. You'll never work in this town again. <laughs> Uh, then we go back to George. George is in the middle of his interview. George is very honest with the hiring manager. And I will tell you, this honestly does work on hiring people a lot of times. Sure. Like, if you say stuff confidently, that even if it's shitty experience, a lot of times I'll be kind of cool with it. Sure. You know, I'm a hiring manager. I'm like, all right, that tracks or that checks out or like, eh, that's not a deal breaker for me, sure. you know, versus... I know what I'm going to get out of every stock answer that comes in here. It's like Men in Black. Why they let Will Smith go through because he was the only one who saw the weird thing or whatever. Right, right. And but everyone only, else. The only one that wasn't just like, you know, like you said, by the book. Yeah, he took the table and scooted it all the way across <laughs> the floor. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, <laughs> what, you know, he lets him know, hey, I got fired for having sex at the office. I quit because of some dry cleaning one time. Um and yeah, hiring manager is very impressed. We we see fake Steinbrenner enter yes. in. He <laughs> takes him to meet Steinbrenner. Hey, I want to. I want you to meet this new applicant here. So we see Steinbrenner shadow, and we get Larry David doing the voice. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, and George immediately dresses down Steinbrenner for all the crap moves they've been making and turning the Yankees organization into a laughing stock yeah. and all that. Our shit. beloved Yankees. Yeah. I've never been that passionate about a sports team because we don't have good uh, baseball teams here in Texas, <laughs> or at least not where we're from. We have the Texas Rangers. Not anymore. Not good. They were never good. Yeah, they were. They were really good in 94. No, they weren't. Yeah, they were. No, they weren't. Well, I thought they were. No, I mean, they were better when they went to the World Series in the 2010s, but they lost that. I'm just thinking of like Nolan Ryan and Pudge Rodriguez. Yes, they had a lot of talent Will back Clark. then. Will Clark. Yeah, mean, that's right. We're losing. We I can hear our listeners tuning out by the minute <laughs> as we break down the 94 roster. No, no, no. Please listen. Actually, stay I guess with it's us. historically accurate. That's no, what I'm I saying. take that back. You're the, right. The, the, uh, please stay with us because, because of the fact that, 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 was, that was the last time that I could name professional sports. People, like <laughs> players was back in those days when I gave two 
Look, we yeah, mouse farts. We have the Dallas Cowboys here, but they're atrocious and awful for the last thirty years. So hope yeah. to God they win something soon. Lord knows. Mm. Anyway, so I, even then, like I'm so dispassionate. Even if I was face to face with Jerry Jones and in a passionate scenario, I probably would be like, "Hey, man, you're you're doing fine. Sure, you know, you're an old man." You know, you're making a lot of money. It's, I wouldn't have run it this way, but do what you do, man. Oh, I would Whatever. love to hear you say those exact words like that. That'd be hilarious. Uh, he would be like, "You're uh, an old man." Yeah, he'd be like, uh, "Who are you? Uh, who are you? I don't, I don't need you here." Get, can somebody get this little cretin out of my face? Oh, that's like young Jerry. He's <laughs> far too old. <laughs> that's uh, true <laughs> to speak with that much enthusiasm anymore. That's ninety-four Jerry. Yeah, exactly. that's ninety-four Jerry. Good call. Yeah, you are them being more historically <laughs> tried and true than I am here. I'm. <laughs> I'm not really sticking to our uh, formatting. <laughs> uh, so Steinbrenner tells the uh, hiring guy to hire Costanza. So yeah. he gets the gig. Elaine is back at the office and her uh, like friend comes in that she's subletting her apartment from and tells her she's been kicked out of the building. Tina, I love her. Tina, that's right. I love Tina. Her face and the way she talks is so hilarious. She's like, hi, Elaine. <laughs> no, the face is the best part. She's a very good face actress yeah. for sure. Chick's great. Uh, apparently Elaine's been buzzing up randos like a jewel thief and a bunch of other <laughs> rando up people. Some Jehovah's Witnesses, and we couldn't get him out of the building. <laughs> there we go. Jehovah's Witnesses will do it. <laughs> I don't live in a place of the buzzer, but it is a big deal. Oh yeah, you know, it's a. I have had to like stay at someone's place who had it. Sure, it's a big deal. You're like, all right. You lived right. in that one indoor apartment complex. Mm-hmm. They they had like a buzz-in system at least for the gate. We had. Oh, did we really? Yeah. Did we have one. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, because I. I came over there a few times. Oh, nice. When you uh, weren't there. When I, that's what I figured. <laughs> that's typically how it goes down. Uh, so, uh, Jerry is back at the diner and his date breaks up with him. Again, Jerry is as just easy going as could be here on <laughs> the breakup. He, he's still eating when yeah. it happens. He's, he's like, like oh, okay. fun. I'll, I'll get somebody else. Yeah, I'll, I'll find a new girlfriend. No, really, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> he's even Steven, or sorry, he's even Steven. Knows we'll meet someone else. So then we go back to Jerry's apartment. George got the job. He walks in. He's super excited. He's the assistant to the traveling secretary, mm-hmm. I believe is the title. Yeah. What a cush gig, I guess. <laughs> if your boss is traveling all the time and you're just coordinating stuff for him. Ugh. I mean, it's probably just a lot of phone calls and emails or like scheduling more it's than just a anything. Lot of scheduling. Yeah. Um, and whatever the traveling secretary needs you to do. Yeah. That's the shitty part is like if you've got a good traveling secretary who can do stuff themselves, then you don't get used to that much. Sure. But maybe your job as assistant is to see ahead. I don't know. Seems mm-hmm. like he avoids most of his work in later seasons. So. <laughs> I don't think he's very good, and I don't think his boss rides him too hard. He has to get a promotion because he has that like office. He has like same office that he was. Yeah, that's what's weird. I was like, is he going to work in the office he's interviewing in? <laughs> I was like, that's or is that the only set they built? Like, that's all we got, guys. That'd be weird if that's where they conducted interviews, like in the actual workspace. <laughs> yeah, you want this? Could be yours. <laughs> where it's gonna be at? Um. So then we find out he's moving out of his parents' house. But Elaine enters, and her life is in shambles. She's turning into George more and more. She's even got a hoodie and like a jean jacket on. (laughs) Yep, she's getting there. Elaine reveals she uh, also put Canadian quarters in the washing machine at the building, so it screwed up the like communal washing machine area. It's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, 
George jokes that, uh, well, you know, I'm moving out with my, I'm moving out, so maybe you could just move in with my parents. And Elaine is not pleased. She looks like she's about to murder that man. <laughs> I believe, uh, so Jerry crystallizes after George leaves that since George is up, Elaine must be down. Yeah. I'm even Steven, so here's what's happening. He's up. You're down. There's nothing you can do about it because I'm in the middle of this, basically. <laughs> um, so I guess Elaine starts to realize that. Then we go back to Pendant Publishing. Elaine's eating her juji fruits, and uh, that's right. She's eating juji fruits right before Mr. Lippman goes into the uh, meeting with the foreign businessmen. <laughs> so Mr. Lippman's still very sick. He refuses to go home before this merger is done, I suppose. But he's got this handkerchief that I, I don't even know would have saved him from this particular situation. I mean, he would have felt, I guess, just more comfortable wiping his hands on the handkerchief. Wipe it on your damn suit. That's what I was thinking. Like, wipe it. Every, like, wipe everybody else. Wipe it on your back pockets. Yeah. I go behind the knee. <laughs> you go behind your... You wipe it on your back behind your knee. Uh-huh. Okay. Just in case it's I just bent when you're sitting, full, so no one will ever see it when you're sitting. It's full armpit. Armpit's good, but I raise my arm too much. Like, I raise my arm when I'm talking. Yeah. But, like, leg... You'd have to be looking at the back of my kneecap yeah. to see it. Flip your pants inside out from the leg up. Uh, then it might touch me. The cuff. Yeah, okay, from the leg, from the leg up. Yeah. Um, that's the whole thing. That's what my pants cover. It's <laughs> <laughs> my whole leg. <laughs> from the ankle up? Is that what you meant? Yeah, from the ankle okay, up. Okay, that thing. I was like, what? How do I remove your pants from the leg up? You yeah, you could just strap, just keep something like a like a wristband on your ankle mm -hmm. at all times. Oh, that's good. And it would also alleviate your rampant ankle sweat that you yeah. get from your ankle alopecia. Live strong. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> uh, George is moving out. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So what happens here is yeah, Lippman sneezes into his hand. Yeah. He doesn't have his handkerchief. It's very disrespectful. The foreign businessmen demand a handshake, but. Lippman won't do it because of germs. Yeah. Lippman, this is like hundreds of people's jobs on the line. This has got to be hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. Yeah. Like, dude, figure out, shake it with the germs. Who gives a shit if they get sick afterwards? Poison. Wipe those your hand on your pants once and go in for a handshake. All bud. good. Yeah. So this was, I was like, all right, this could have been avoided. But either way, Lippman won't shake hands and they take it as a huge sign of disrespect. Then we see George moving out. Jerry and Kramer are there. George pulls his parents close. Says, you know, you mean so much to me. I'm going to miss you, you know, and I love you dearly. And Jerry looks over at Kramer. He's like, opposite. He's yeah. just saying the opposite here. He's just doing his religion, his new religion. His new religion. So I think that's a really nice way to do it. If your instinct is to say terrible things. Say nice things. Maybe say nice things. Because usually if your instinct is to say nice things, you probably don't have to go the other way. Right. You're probably relatively satisfied with, yeah, I've got a decent relationship with them. I say nice things to them or whatever. So I bet this religion applies to a lot of people like George who are completely dissatisfied. <laughs> totally pent up about everything in life. Right. Yes. So this is something where it's like, hey, well, George did spread some joy on two other people here. That, <laughs> hey, they probably left the day feeling great. Yeah. Good on George. Who cares if it was the opposite? Yeah. And hey, and that poor woman, Victoria, didn't even sleep with George as far as we know. He helped her out because sleeping with him, that's a tough notch on yeah. your belt, you know. Get automatic gonorrhea. Yeah, exactly. Guaranteed. 
the guaranteed gonorrhea. That's the worst kind. It really is. Uh, so then we go back to the diner. Elaine is fully transformed into George. She's wearing glasses. Her company has now gone bankrupt due to Littman's dumbass. <laughs> Kramer's book isn't going to be released. And Elaine breaks down. She begins screaming, I'm George, <laughs> over and over again. She's hysterical at this point. And then George enters in a fancy double-breasted suit. They're paying, they're paying assistance a lot over there. That's what I was thinking. I was like, has he even been paid yet? Yeah, it's not like, been payday yet. I know. Do you have to go into savings to take out this new double-breasted suit payment that he had to make here? Because <laughs> George is like the cheapest man I know. Can you finance clothes? Uh, Yeah, you can finance clothes. Really? Yes, there's uh, there's lots of clothing sites that let you do like uh, pay over the course of four months or something like that. Okay. In fact, it's racked up a lot of debt for people. I forget the name of one company that does the like buy now pay later financing there's sure. a couple big companies but yeah it's caused some problems because it's wow. not like a regular credit card it's specific to the item and that like not even that item that particular purchase sure and it's not even necessarily a store card either it's like a third party uh, yeah. yeah so no it definitely exists and it's caused some problems but it's also helped a lot of people paying responsibly you can get an 80 dollar item for you know, 28 bucks over four payments or something like that or whatever, instead of paying the 80 now. So that's a, I tell you what, I'm, I got to cut you off because I have to go take a pee really bad. Oh, good. Well, we're just about at the end of this episode <laughs> here. Stay tuned next time for another fabulous edition of oh, Sideshow Frazier. <laughs> what a weird place to end. <laughs>